This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome in, everybody, to another season of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle from 105.3 The Fan, joined by two-time Stanley Cup winner and my friend Craig Ludwig. How are you, sir? Great to hear you once again. Well, it was nice having a six-month mental break from this thing. but um, So I'm, I'm energized. Let's see how long it takes you to sap it out of me, but... Um, besides that, it's been good summer. How about you? It was a very good summer. I missed hockey. I really enjoyed the, uh, free agency period. Uh, so, uh, excited to, uh, see it come back. And, uh, I think this is actually one of the better NHL starts. I, I, I love the coverage that TNT, TBS, and, um, the coverage that ESPN's giving. I'm just, I'm excited for the game of hockey. I just feel as though that, you know, there's, a lot of interest in the NHL right now. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's teams, you know, that are <clears throat> coming out of the shoot that you probably didn't expect. And I think that always makes it uh, interesting. I, I think that um, whenever you get some teams that are unexpectedly not where all of the uh, experts say that they're going to be off to, I mean, there's a couple of them that are where, I think we we expect them to be, but I think that always makes that exciting. And then, especially when you got your hometown, that you know your hometown team, Dallas Stars, they've they've gotten off to a they got off to a good start. And you know, let's see where where they go and how they they handle this little spurt that's going on right now. But um, and then one of the teams that they played, you know, played them last night, lost to to the Boston Bruins. But Boston is one of them surprising teams. I don't think there's Very a lot surprising. of you know, there's not a lot of people that expected this team to get off this kind of start, and especially when they're missing, you know, two of their top guys. Yeah, absolutely. And Don Sweeney, for Bruins fans, was on the chopping block. They wanted him out as GM. They hated the moves in the offseason, and so far, so good. Well, you look at those three guys. Isn't it funny how every time that I'm doing something with you, my dog loses his mind? Because your dog wants to meet me, that's why. Meet you or eat you? No, me. He wants me. He wants me to come over and hang with you. That's what he's saying. He's like, "Hey, Gavin's cool. Hang out with Gavin. Hang out with Gavin." That's what he's saying. Yeah, well, I don't think that's what he's saying. But oh. you can go ahead and. <laughs> I'd like to test that theory one day. That's fine. I'm up for it. <laughs> um, what were you saying? No, before my dog really, really you were you were about to say. And I hope I'm right when I say this. You were about to say, isn't it funny? And I think you were going to refer to the Bergeron, um, Pasternak line, how it's just over and over again. Well, yeah, but they're missing a key piece. You yeah. know, Marchand's not there. Yeah. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, their number one defenseman, $10 million a year guy's not there. 
So you're missing your number one guy in the back. You're missing arguably a number one or two guy on the top line. You you don't have your goalie that's been there forever. Um, Allmark has stepped in for the Bruins and got off to a great start. So anyway, I mean, Boston, we, it's funny how <clears throat> year after year, it seems like, especially when players are getting older, they're, they're counting, counting that team to, you know, they're going to take a step back. They're getting this, they're doing that. And, and I, I just believe it's all in the culture. Yeah. I just think that there's a incredible culture um, <clears throat> around that organization, you know, the original six teams and all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, that when you step into that locker room uh, you know, there's a, there's a different demand on how you carry yourself and how you play and, uh, approach the game uh, on and off the ice. Happy for Jim Montgomery as well. Good, good, to, good well, to see him. Uh, you know, you, you look at you look at those three teams. So Cassidy goes from Boston to Vegas. Yep. The Boar goes from Vegas to Dallas, and Monty now in a roundabout way goes from Dallas to St. Louis. You know, does his time good on Doug Armstrong. To, to bring Monty back into the NHL. And then Monty goes to Boston. And although it's funny how they, they fire coaches, but three new coaches, three old coaches get fired. Those coaches all find new jobs and they all get off to <laughs> incredible starts. Yeah. So yeah, it's really coaching, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> You're absolutely yeah. right. Although I will say early from a star standpoint, I, I do like the calmness and mm. I feel as though it seemed early, granted it was Nashville and Winnipeg, and I still think Nashville is going to be a good team, but I felt as though the Stars embraced that style early in that they were very vocal about there's no longer the need to dump it in unless you have to. They love to carry the puck in the zone. Uh, It looked like Boston, as well as Ottawa, figured that out, and the game plan was stop the stars carrying it into the zone because it was very successful against Nashville and Winnipeg. So, so I like that. I like their aggressive nature. They are taking a lot of penalties, but I feel as though they are, you know, aggressive and, you know, I mean, so far so good. It's a, I know it seems simplified, Craig, you know, wins or losses aside, seems like a more fun team to watch early on. Well, I think the reason that it's a more fun to team watch it, it's a little bit of a change, uh, I, you know, I had a, a chance to to speak to the the video coach Kelly Forbes. Um, we had we did a launch party for our little podcast thing that we have going on here in Dallas, and um, his wife Julie uh, is part of that company. And so uh, Kelly came to the launch party, and man, he he raved about Pete DeBoer. And really, what he raved about is we've heard the phrase "less is more," but they, you know, he talked about. Man, not a lot of meetings to start with. And, you know, typically you're in here X amount of weeks ahead of time. And it was very simple. And I think, you know, from a player standpoint, uh, especially in today's game, he, he's, you know, I, I think under Rick Bonus, there was a bit of maybe territorial play, sometimes uh, more than what a player would want. In other words, get into the neutral zone and make sure that puck is put in deep and um, let's go get it. And then you'll find coaches that, uh, have the philosophy, well, if we have it, why do we want to give it away and then have to get it back again? So I think Pete DeBoer, as you mentioned, um, kind of leans a little bit more like, let's control the puck as we enter the zone. And and I think that's that's what creates 
and again, I think it's about playing to to a team and to a player's strengths. And if you have players that are puck control guys and, and you have guys that can fly with the puck, um, you know, hints and, you know, even Gary Onov and, you know, you got the young guys now and Haskinen and, and Wyatt Johnston, I think is made a pretty good impression up to this point. Um, but those kids can skate and, and, and what it does if on the other side of the puck defensively, uh, you know, those are the kind of guys you want to dump it in because now at least it's a 50, 50 to get it back. And so if they've got that kind of speed, especially on the outside of the ice, um, again, for a defenseman, it's a little bit harder to control your gap. And so I think that's what, I think that's what DeBoer has recognized is we've got guys that have, uh, a lot of speed on this team and let's use it as a strength for us mm-hmm. and, and let's push the other team back and, and get it into the zone and, and then use your creativity. But when we're heading back towards our net, um, there are certain assignments that he expects everybody to, to follow through with. Yeah. Uh, what were you, what were your thoughts on the hit on Rope Hints last night? I it's it's a hit. Yeah, I, I, I thought so too. It, to me, it's not a. I think we even saw it again. I saw it in another game last night after that game. Um, it's the. I mean, Brendan Morrow made a career out of it. Yeah, he you did. know, there, there's other players that have done that, and uh, to me, that's doing your homework as a player. Now, again, that, they're not in the same division. They're not in the same conference. Um, you don't see all these players when you play the East versus the West and things like that, but you play a team in your own, you know, your own division, you know, people's tendencies, and at least you should, and it's early in the year. So, uh, who was that? Uh, Clifton that did yep. that, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and Clifton isn't, isn't really a player that, you, you know, his name's not circled on the board. Let's yeah. put it that way in your locker room. And so, and to my knowledge, I don't even know if I've ever seen him do that, but I don't watch 80 games a year of them playing either. So, <clears throat> um, it's it's not like it was a reverse elbow. It was you know the the whole stop lunge and plant yourself and let him run into you. And unfortunately, you know for Rupe, it was something that was unexpected. Otherwise, he'd have been ready for it. He'd have probably put his head in a different position and probably hit him more with his shoulder going into him. Um, so I I you know I, I we see it a lot. Uh, I I shouldn't say a lot. You see it enough, and you watch enough hockey games at night. You're going to see it attempted a couple different times. And all it's really created, I mean, the only thing you're trying to do as, as the guy that's got the puck is create a little space for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to kind of keep control of the puck, keep the puck in front of you, keep the man behind you. You know where he is. Once he gets to you, you kind of you kind of bow up a little bit and, you, you know, you, you put your momentum going backwards. And you just try to get him off his balance so that you can get the puck and make a play. It's not meant to KO anybody. Right. Um, so, you know, I, again, it's something that, I mean, fortunately for Rupe, um, you know, it looked like he was down and, and even when you, when they're, when a player's down like that and, and they're always peeking up every once in a while, I'm kind of, okay, he's trying to draw something here, but then, you know, we got, they had a shot of him on the bench and, you know, he was kind of gazing up and they kept him on the bench for a while. And I know that Dave Zeiss kind of stayed by his side and, you know, just to make sure I, the only thing I guess I was wondering about is would there be one of those spotters in the stands yeah. that would come down and, <clears throat> you know, he, a player that stays on the ice. It was obviously he hit his head, whether it was head to shoulder, head to head, whatever it was. Um, I think he actually hit the back of his head on the glass or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, when he was down and then he stays down, then he gets on the bench. He wasn't wobbly or anything. As a matter of fact, I think he skated off by himself. So, um, but then you're always wondering, I'm always wondering, okay, you know, we're, we see him miss a shift and another shift. Is this about the time that spotter calls down and tells him to go take a 15 minute timeout, but that didn't happen. And you know, when he came back and, and he looked, 
he looked pretty good. And I know it resulted in a goal, but I'm okay with Miller dropping the gloves there because I understand discipline and the Stars have kind of lost that as far as needless penalties or, you know, aggressive play equals the penalties, tripping some players up against Ottawa. And last night we saw it against Boston taking too many penalties. But at the same time, you're new to the team. I think that's going to go over really well in the room and you're protecting one of your prized possessions. Totally agree. Totally agree with everything that you said, and especially for a new guy. And and Miller Miller's not afraid to to drop the gloves and yeah. fight. I mean, you know, he played in, he again talk about culture. He played with the Boston Bruins, so he he knows what it's like to be a teammate, and and that's how you welcome yourself to the team. And and you're right. And when when other players see that, um, it's this is my this is my team now. You know, and, I, and I'm a big part of this. And but that's those are the little intangible things that you know everybody talks about. There doesn't have to be a fight after every hit, and, and I agree with some of them that most of the time. But when it's one of your top players, uh, you protect them, yeah. and, and you you more more importantly, you let them know your own player know that hey, I noticed that, and we're not going to let that that that's not going to be okay um, from other teams, and and you're sending a message both ways, and um, so uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And I promise you, is, as soon as uh, as soon as Miller had to go to the box for that, there were guys saying it, talking it, yelling it, we'll kill this one off. Because yeah. those you consider, as a teammate, you consider those a good penalty. That That's setting a tone to every other team in the league. Um, you know, you want to go ahead and pick on our top guys? Well, then that doesn't necessarily mean our our third or fourth line guys going after third or fourth line guy on the other team. We're going to, when Marshawn gets back, we'll go after him. And I'm not, I'm not going to say go after his knee or anything like that. Somebody will grab that and make a headline off it. Sure. Um, Cause I know your show is, I will. It, your show is worldwide here. So I, I need hits, baby. Way. I need hits. Yeah. <clears throat> I, you, I'd love to give you a few. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, um, but the, I mean, it just, it makes a statement. It, it's a team statement. It's a statement from the, from the general manager sitting upstairs to the coach on the bench to more importantly to every single player and the players that aren't in the lineup. You know, it, it's a statement that, you know, the 23 guys here are, are, are a unit. Yeah. So you're listening to spit and spits and suds, the debut episode. I'm Gavin Spittle joined by my friend, Craig Ludwig, two-time Stanley cup winner. Um, so, so far I like what I see, Craig, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do against the capitals. I mean, 10 out of the next 12 were going to be on the road prior to this uh, road trip. So, you know, you went to Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Boston. That's not an easy trip. Um, so, you know, I, I, I like some of the things they did. I think the, the penalties are becoming a recurring issue. So hopefully they can clean that up on, uh, on Thursday, but overall, um, if he can clean up his penalties, I think Hockenpah's played really well. I think he's played big and I uh, like his skating ability early. So, uh, I think that's good news. I haven't really, one of the things I was greatly concerned of was the absence of John Klingberg. I was a big Klingberg guy. And I'm not saying, you know, that we aren't going to miss him at some point. But so far in the season, I haven't thought about it as much. Um, and, you know, my questions going into the season were the size on the blue line, getting it out of their zone, and fixing the power play. Those were my three issues. So, uh, so far, I've seen some bright spots for this Stars team thus far. Yeah, and I think that. Hockenpah, in my opinion, made that statement last year that he could he could handle more minutes. He could handle bigger minutes. He, in, in a way, 
he reminds me of, uh, it's not fair to say this, but to, to either one of them, he reminds me a little bit of Stephen Johns. You know, Stephen was a big player. He was a physical player. Stephen had a great shot. And, and I think Hockenbach ha- has that stuff. Yeah. I, I think he likes to be physical. He, he's big and tall, so he should be a staple on your penalty kill. He's got a big, long reach um, with a stick. And um, he can move pretty well. I mean, and he's got a good shot. Well, apparently they did some kind of, I just heard somebody talk about this, is that uh, I think the Stars did their own little challenge thing and probably during camp, and he had the hardest shot on the team, which, I mean, it doesn't always mean a lot because it's more about getting it away and things like that, but even still. So he's got a good shot. Um, so, and I, and I think he can handle the extra minutes that he's going to get. So, um, yeah, g- good addition. Um, but, again, I, 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 just, I like the <clears> – <throat> I like the feeling of the team. I, I think anytime, I, and let's just say, I think Tyler Sagan looks better. Yeah. I think Tyler, um, you know, there was always going to be a concern, you know, but I don't think any of us really gave him enough credit for what he fought through with rehab and things like that. So um, that was a terrible uh, procedure. It was a, a, a tough recovery and it takes time to come back from that stuff. And I think every time Tyler Sagan, has had an injury or something, he's always fought through it. He's never found a way to, you know, hide behind the curtain, so to speak. So, um, but anytime you get off to those kind of starts, you feel good about everybody. So after a quick first game, uh, Marchman's kind of slowed down. I I do love his size. Uh, I really like that line. I think we got a really good second line. So hopefully he can keep producing. I totally agree with you with Sagan. Um, I wanted to just throw out some names and get your early report. Um, I'm not going to ask you the question if Wyatt Johnston's going to go down to juniors or stay up. I think we know the answer to that. What are your thoughts so far? Uh, I think it's a good problem for Jim Nill to have. Yeah. Um, I think that – what did I think in the first couple of games I saw him play? I didn't think so. As a matter of fact, I was sitting in, uh, we were on the road someplace with our U18 team and Vern Fiddler um, is helping out with the U16s. He's got a big defenseman on that team. And I was, I said the same, I said that to Fitz. I said, man, I don't know if this Wyatt Johnson kid's going to, going to cut it here. <clears throat> I, I can see him going back to junior, but then he's changed my mind. So, uh, which means nothing, but <clears throat> you know, <laughs> maybe the, this is the perfect situation for him to be here with a coach like Pete DeBoer that wants to play that style. Um, he obviously seems to have a nose for the net. Um, he, he knows where to be in a way. I don't know why when I, a lot of it may be to do with size, but, um, when I, when I watch him and when I see him shoot the puck, I think of Cole Caulfield in Montreal, kind of a similar stature, smaller player gets around the ice. Well, um, and they just have a nose for the net. And so, you know, and, and what was the, one of the first things that, Pete DeBoer said in his press conference this year, um, or one of the things that he said is that he felt that one of his jobs was going to be to unlock the offense. And I immediately went, I rewound it. And I went, really, how are you going to unlock the offense that hasn't really been unlocked in the last three, four years from Mm -hmm. the standpoint of, you know, being an offensive uh, juggernaut and um, whatever he's doing is work. I mean, they're, they're creating chances. Like I said, I know Jamie doesn't have a goal, but there's chances being created there. Sagan's creating them. Uh, Garyano had a couple chances last night. Yeah. You know, I know that I, I think he's got to be better. And I think that, you know, this is his, I don't want to say it's his last opportunity, but it may be his last opportunity here. 
Um, and I think that sometimes when you hear, read that kind of stuff, it puts even more pressure on the player. Uh, but I'm sure knowing the coaching staff and the general manager, um, they handle the players, I think, the right way. So uh, <clears throat> besides that, uh, you know, hopefully Miro's injury isn't anything long term, um, whatever it may be. Um, because that would not be be good to, to miss that guy back there because I believe he's going to take a step this year. Um, that step that we talked about last year, and I think it, it, this is going to be, we're going to look back and whether, it, I, I don't know if it's going to be in the points column, but he can he can control a game from the back end from from his own net down to the tops of the circles in the other end. Yeah, you certainly and, missed last night. You could tell. Yeah. Oh no. You can, you can, you can tell when Miro's it's just about the transporting the puck up the ice yep. because he's the kind of guy that, you know, I, I had said this before about him. There were times when he's moving the puck to a, a, a forward, you know, six, seven, eight feet away, which is what you'd probably tell five or four of your defensemen of six to do. And in my opinion, he's not that one. He's the one that can beat the first guy. A lot of times he can beat the second guy. And when that, when he can break down whatever kind of forecheck they're, they're trying to implement the opponent, it breaks down other areas of the ice and, and it can free the guys that have that speed. So, um, yeah, they're, they, and I, I don't expect him to be out long, um, hopefully. Um, so, but I mean, it's early on, yep. you know, and I, I don't, I don't get too excited about, you know, there's teams that, you know, I look at and, you know, in the standings and all that kind of stuff, even after what they played seven, eight games and you see them down at the bottom and I'm thinking, yep, that that's kind of where that where they're going to be. I mean, you you think of John Klingberg, and I, I can see Anaheim living in the basement, you know, for the year. And Vancouver is off to a horrible start. San Jose, Arizona, those are those are the ones that I think we expected in the Western Conference to probably be there. Um, you know, so and and I don't think that I don't think well, St. Louis hasn't. <clears throat> St. Louis is going to be a good team this year, and they yep. haven't played many games. They've they've played three or four less than the stars, but I expect Edmonton to be up there. I expect St. Louis to be up there. Um, I heard you say Nashville. I, I don't know. I watched them. I, I think what, I think the reason they got off to the start, good for Dallas. They, I mean, good for the scheduling. I think they caught, they went on a what 10 day trip to Europe yeah, before brutal. they did that. So I think that, and, and again, you know, you look at their, their all-star defenseman captain and Roman Yossi and he was in his home. He was on his home turf. And it, he just looks different right now. And I just think he's, yes, he's going to regroup. Um, so we'll see. I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's a funny kind of team. And if, if Saros can't, can't be the stud back there, um, they're going to, they're going to have problems, but you know, they, they've got, they got some good players there. So it'll be interesting, but so anyway, I, 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 I have them, I have them like fighting for a wild card spot. That's, that's kind of where I have them. I mean, you know, they might be looking on the outside in, but what you said about St. Louis, I totally agree with you. And I think this is not an indictment on the Stars. It's just the Central Division is so tough. Obviously, Colorado's one. And then St. Louis and Minnesota, I have fighting for two and three. I have the Stars fighting for three and getting in or possibly missing as a wild card team. Once again, not an indictment. I just think the Central is so tough. And then I look at the other teams, um, and you're right. Edmonton's going to be good. Uh, Vancouver's off to a brutal start, so that's going to be not tough to turn around. They're, yeah, they're not. Yeah, they, 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 I mean they the, that team there fought from when Boudreaux when Boudreaux came in came to that team, 
And they fought for their lives for like 30, 40 games last year. And I think they missed the playoffs. And if they missed it by one point, but it was an incredible record. What they did when Boudreaux got there, came in, turned the team around, blah, blah, blah. They bring them back this year. And this seems to be more of who they are. And I, I, you know, I, I don't know if they were that team because then they were down by a couple goals all the time last year and found ways to win. Yeah. Now they're up by a couple goals every time and finding ways to lose. And, you know, there, there's been some things said by Jimmy Rutherford, the, yes. the general manager president there that probably didn't go over well with the, um, with the head coach and then the head coach and the players. And right. it's the one thing that, he is not going to throw his players under the bus. Bruce Boudreaux is not that kind no. of player. He's a motivator. He's a positive guy. Um, but I think above him, there may have been some things that were, you know, and again, players hear it and they're wondering. And so, um, they're, but anyway, I don't see Seattle staying in the top three. I don't see the Chicago Blackhawks staying in the top three. And those spots are, you know, those are for the Edmontons and the St. Louis's. And, you know, we'll see what LA does. LA has got a pretty good team. I, I'm a little shocked with Minnesota right now. Um, more so probably the goaltending. Um, I don't know. You know, Father Time hasn't lost. And so maybe, maybe Flurry, this, you know, maybe this is this is having that battle with with Father Time right now. I don't know. But I mean, I think he let in seven goals uh, per game in yeah. his first start. So anyway. <laughs> But you, kudos kudos to Vegas. Night, <clears throat> they beat the Canadians 3-1 last night. And when you see Dean Evanson, uh, after they scored an empty net goal on the bench, punching his coaches, you'd have thought he was going to the finals. So that was a big game. I think that was a big win for, for that team for whatever reason. Whatever is internal there, when the coaches go off like that, and Dino's <laughs> a pretty stern-looking looking dude on the bench, and he doesn't show his emotions much. But um, when I saw that, I was like, this meant something to that team. And whatever that may be, and they may take that game, even though it's against the Montreal Canadiens, they may take this game and look back at it a month and a half from now and yeah. go, that was the game for us, for whatever reason. I mean, you're playing a team that isn't expected to be in the playoffs this year. Um, a lot of changes going on in Montreal. They don't have their number one goalie and, and everything else going on there. So um, anyway, but but it's early. Like I said, yeah, I don't get... I don't get too horny about things that are going on, you know, in the first 10 or 15 games, you start getting into the right you know, thirties and the forties. You have a better idea of what's happening. Well, yeah. Cause remember last year we were saying, Hey, Colorado is going to regroup. Don't worry. Cause they got off to a slow start last year and everyone forgets that. But I yeah. did want to, I did want to point out and go on a semi semi small rant. And I don't know if you agree with me or, or not, but Phil Kessel became the iron man last night. And it's just a constant, I know he's a punching bag, and it's okay for me for players in the room like Orion Reeves to 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 you know needle him and everything. But to me, it's time that we give Phil Kessel his due. He's a Stanley Cup winner. He puts up points wherever he goes. He's a good room guy. Phil Kessel to me is the ultimate hockey player. And for people to say, "Well, I can't believe Phil Kessel's the Iron Man," I don't care about body shape. That guy, I mean, obviously he's played hurt at times, you know? So I, I just, I'm kind of sick of the narrative and I want to promote the guy because, you know, I mean, I like him as a player and he's doing good things in Vegas this year. And you know what? He kept his mouth shut in Arizona and he wasn't demanding trades or anything like that. So, I mean, when all is said and done, I hope people look back at Phil Kessel's career, whether it's in Boston or Toronto or 
the cup in Pittsburgh or Arizona or Vegas and say, you know what, quality hockey player. I'm sure there's going to be some people even throwing the the Hall of Fame phrase yeah. around. Uh, two Stanley Cups. Uh, I, you know, he he's not going to stop at 990. He ain't going to stop at a thousand. Um, the dude hasn't stretched in 20 years. Yeah, he does not stretch. He does not drink water. He drinks Coke. <laughs> right. He, he's not your he's not your prototypical today's kind of player, and it and it works for him. He's not going to be the the guy that's going to stand up in the room. I've never played with him, but <clears throat> just from what I hear, he's not going to, he ain't going to say shit if he had a mouthful. So he just goes about his business and he probably doesn't get enough credit just for being the playmaker or passer that he is because this man can, can rip a puck and he puts it on the tape and he can still skate. Um, round is a shape. So he's in shape. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, but it, it works for Phil. Yeah. And, it's been what 10 years since he's missed a game. Yeah. I mean, and you talk about guys that, um, you know, have little boo-boos and for whatever reason they can't make it. And, you know, and there's been a couple guys here lately that have, you know, become the iron man and then stepped aside. And, um, so Phil Kessel, I can see where there's going to be people. I don't know what the qualifications are, um, for that. And, and obviously it's numbers. I have no idea what his points per game are, which I'm, you're the computer dude. You're probably on it right now. Yeah. And I don't know if he, you know, has got 700 or 600 points in his career yet. Um, Generally that's, you know, somewhere point per game, I think is what they kind of look at, but um, you know, but the guy, he's the kind of guy when you have him on your team and he doesn't back check or he doesn't, or he, he misses what we would consider an assignment in your own zone. And, and it may lead to a goal, and then you you complain about him, but you don't look at the complete player. And but he comes out of there with a goal and two points and stuff like that. And then you go ahead and trade him, or you don't sign him, and then you spend the next year and a half looking for someone to replace him. Mm-hmm. So some these kind, of, in my opinion, these players at times, and you know I played with a few of them, and it's the responsibility. There's a reason. A guy like Yuri Lettinen played with Brett Hall and Mike Madonna. Let brought Brett Hall and Mike Madonna do what they do. Yuri Lettinen will cover up for him. There's a reason that you put two guys together on a line and then you find somebody that complements them or that can pick up the slack in one department or the other. And, and so I think that, you know, Phil Kessel, um, you put him on a good team, and that's exactly the way I think Vegas was looking at this. They got Jack Eichel there now, yep. and they, you know, Stone, and they feel like they're healthy and they're getting some people back. Um, Forty-one you know, points like, away from a thousand. He's what? Forty-one points away from a thousand. Okay, so so he's got nine hundred and what's my math? Nine hundred and fifty-nine points in nine hundred and ninety games. Is that right? My phone froze. <laughs> I'm not going to well, lie. Uh, 1,212 games played. He's got 900 what? 1,212 games played. 400 goals, 559. Oh, yeah, I was going, sorry, I was going on the, the Ironman yeah. streak. So <laughs> so he's he's, uh, he's what, a couple hundred points behind a point per game? Yeah. Somewhere in yeah. that neighborhood. Minus 40, 148 on the ice. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and see, now, now I mean, everybody, 
it depends on what side of the fence you're on, on right. that, on the whole plus minus. Thing. Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't know if that's criteria getting into the hall of fame. I, I highly doubt it, but um, anyway, he, yeah. he's a guy that um, again, he defies every trainer and every uh, sports dude um, when it comes to, you know, doing what, you know, getting guys in shape and getting them on the milkshakes and the protein and, you know, all the juju juice, whatever they all drink. And so, um, but it works for him. And, and again, he's, he's probably going to have another year. And I think he only had like eight goals last year, but then again, he played in Arizona. So, um, you know, he's, he's, he may have 20, 25, 30 goals this year playing with that uh, Vegas team. And 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 Pavelski has an outside shot at a thousand, by the way. So yeah, well, he, he might get a thousand. If not this year, he'll definitely get it next year if he continues to play. But my thing is, is I'm not putting Kessel in until Rod Brindamore goes in. So that's yeah, that's well, there, 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 uh, there's a few people out there. So it's, a whole new, it's a whole nother McGillney. show. Pavel Bure. Yeah. Is Bure in McGilney? I mean, there there's there's a whole group of people here that, you know should be in that hall of fame. And, and again, I, I don't know how they pick them. And yeah, <laughs> listen, I've never really been interested in the hall of fame for obvious reasons. Well, we're still trying to get uh, North Dakota to uh, put you in the hall of fame, sir. You need to be in there. Well, I don't know. I'm supposed to be going back there in a couple months. Nice. Think, yeah. Well, I was, I was in Fargo. Well, we played in our U18 team played in Fargo here about three weeks ago. Are you taking so me? I, Can I go? It's, it's better to be in Fargo. It's better to be in that state in october than it is in january and february all right well just let me know the dates i'll go with you it'll be great yeah i'm sure i'll I'll get them right to you (laughs) well episode one is in the books thanks for everyone for listening we're going to try to do more episodes this year keep you up to date on dallas stars hockey thank you everyone for listening really appreciate it until next time he's two-time stanley cup winner craig ludwig i'm gavin spittle thanks for listening to spits and suds right here on 105.3 the fan